0: Hey, I want you to pray with me. Would you do that, please, before, before we read the scriptures together? Pray with me. Remain standing, if you would. Lord, thank you that uh, this morning you are here. We were made to give praise and blessing to your name. We find completion in that. We, we figure out who we are in that. And so we're here to do that this morning together. Speak to us now in the way that only your spirit can. We pray this in your name and all God's people said Amen. I want to invite you to stand with me uh, as we read the scriptures together. We do that out of respect for God's word. We're looking at the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, We're in a series called The Purpose of the Church, and we're going to talk about today the third purpose of the church. This is uh, uh, a scene from the life of Jesus and his disciples. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, those were two of the disciples of Jesus, came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. One of Jesus' questions he asked people often was, What is it you want? he asked. She said, grant, because you would never ask this question, nor would I, because we're just better people than this. Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Now, I think we miss sometimes the tone of Jesus' voice. I think Jesus responded sarcastically, that's just me. (laughs) Uh, You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. When the other ten heard about this, they were, what's the word, say it out loud with me, indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Uh, read that, those, three, those four words in verse 26, out loud, ready? Words of Jesus. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your, what is it? Servant. Servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Talking to you about the purpose of the church. Now, I have this, uh, I have this uh, kind of routine uh, thought that goes through my head as I'm driving along. I see buildings, and I don't always know what the organization is that meets in that building. And I uh, drive past, and I think, what, what is that building? What do they do? The American Legion. I've been in American Legions, and I think you just do weddings there. Is that all that happens in America? Weird dinners? I, but I, but I, I realize as I drive past these buildings that I don't know anything about, that there are, is a whole host of people, according to statistics, 75% who are not connected to a church. And they have to drive past all of these church buildings and ask that, I, I realized that's a pastor, they ask the same question, what in the world do people do in those buildings? Why do they have buildings? Do they pay taxes on those buildings? I mean, they have to ask the question, what in the world is the purpose of the church? And so we're, we're trying to work and figure out what the purpose of the church is. So week one, we talked about how uh, the, church is, the purpose of the church is to worship God. Uh, the, the, the church helps people to understand who God is through Jesus Christ. We, 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 we tell people that life is bigger than you. And now listen, most of us, for most of us, life is really, can we be honest, just about me. Anybody else? <laughs> Nervous laughter. When, I was, uh, when my wife and I were first married, lived in Olathe, Kansas, and uh, went to school there, and we bought a home, and uh, I worked a, a job while I was in seminary, and um, so we were, we were dink, double income, no kids. I mean, we weren't making a killing, but we didn't have any kids. Uh, we didn't know how great we had it. Um, we didn't realize what it's like to get a full night's sleep and enjoy that. We didn't realize what a gift that was. We were looking all those gift horses in the mouth. And I remember this one day I was going, because I worked at this job in a a corporation, so you had to kind of look nice. And and I was I was going to the the mall and I was looking for yet another shirt. Uh, I wasn't really serving anywhere. Uh, We we would kind of give some of our money, but we were kind of like trying to figure out what what do we do with this, you know. and And I had this moment around this rack of shirts where I, I had this realization, I think my life is just about me. And, and to be honest with you, that felt very, very empty. And, and what the church does is points people to God through Jesus Christ and, and says to people, your life is meant to be about something bigger than you. You were made for God. This is how Augustine, one of the first uh, early church fathers, said it. He said, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And that's the purpose of the church is to worship God. It will continue all the way through heaven. It's the purpose of the church that never ends. Uh, Then we talked about the second week that the purpose of the church last week is to learn to love people and that the church is the school where we learn to love and that if you don't, you know how it is, if you don't stay in school, you never graduate and you never get the piece of paper that says, I I got it. And and success in life is loving people. I've told you this, I don't know how many times, but uh, the day is coming when you are going to have to try and pass the box test. You know the box test, right? You're going to be in a room like this. You're going to be laying in a box right about here. And some people are going to get up and they're going to say some things about you. What are they going to say about you? Please live the kind of life where someone like me doesn't have to make something up about you. I can't tell you the number of times I've gone and I meet with the family and, and, and I say, well, tell me about that person. And I have these list of questions that I ask. And, and they'll say things like, well, uh, he loved hunting. <laughs> and I'm looking for like the deep spiritual meaning. <laughs> and there's nothing. And people get up and they're crying because that person's out of their life. But they have nothing of substance to say this was not a loving person. And the purpose of the church is it's the school where we go to learn to love each other. So that's the second purpose of the church. And we're gonna talk about the third purpose of the church today, um, which is learning to serve. Now, uh, the the, the church's purpose is to help people find a purpose beyond themselves, which is, we say, to become more like Jesus. We see, we understand as Christians that Jesus is the pattern for being a human being, and it's the church's mission to get you there. We have, in in, uh, in one of our rooms in our house, uh, my wife and I have this little saying on the wall, that's uh, a Quaker proverb, and it's about marriage. And it's just this, this phrase right here. Uh, thee lift me, I'll lift thee, together we'll ascend. Thee lift me, I'll lift thee, together we'll ascend. It's a statement that reminds both of us that it's not about where we currently are. It's about where we can go. It's not a judgment. It doesn't say, well, you're at, you should be at this level. It just says, wherever you are, I will help you take that next step. Now, that is a beautiful summary of the mission of the church let's go up together that's that's the mission of the church and uh, so I want to talk to you before we talk about this purpose third purpose of the church two realities in our world today that I think make it difficult for us to get our arms around this third purpose of the church of serving the world and then I want to give you four truths from Jesus about what really matters okay from this passage here's the first thing taking notes uh two realities in our world today this is the first reality you know this is the case you know this is true everybody is struggling to matter everybody do i matter am i important do i belong anywhere does anybody care about me Everybody you know is asking those questions. You are asking those questions. Your boss is asking those questions. Your neighbor is asking those questions. Your mom is asking those questions. Your kids are asking those questions. The the lady at work that you don't like is asking those questions. Everybody is asking those questions. Do I matter? Everybody is struggling to matter. We're all just striving, wanting to get someone to say, You matter. You matter. That's the first reality. The second reality is that there's no longer an agreement about who matters. See, we've, uh, in times in human history, uh, we, we've had classes, and we still have classes, you know, upper class, lower class, middle class, all that. But there used to be times in human history in the Western world where if you were in the upper class, you mattered, and if you were one of the peasants or the serfs, you were nobody. And so at least you, if you were a peasant or a serf, I mean, you, maybe you didn't like it, but you recognized, well, I don't matter. They matter. And, and we're in a, a time and a moment in our, our world where we don't have any kind of agreement, so it's all up for grabs. And so everybody is trying to grasp at greatness because the world is broken. And so we think, well, I have to look good or I have to look better than you. And so we take matters into our own hands. Here's how, here's how I think the mindset is in, in most of our hearts and minds. We have a, a scarcity mindset. Do you know what I mean when I say that? It's the opposite of an abundance mindset. An abundance mindset says there's enough for everybody if I take my piece of the pie, there's still a whole pie. You can have some. A scarcity mindset says, there is not enough. If I get something, that means you don't. Or if you get something, that means I don't. And so we have to compete. And, and uh, honestly, that, that creates a lot of problems. And so we're all struggling, striving for greatness in some way, shape, form, or fashion. We, we think we have to be Superman. There's a uh, a kind of famous story about the boxer Muhammad Ali. Uh, he thought he was the great. If you know the Muhammad Ali, he's like, "I'm the greatest." I know this dates me a little bit. I'm not that old, but <laughs> he would talk about how he's the greatest. Got on a plane one time, and the, the uh, flight attendant came to him, and he didn't have his seatbelt. You know, when you get on the plane, you're supposed to buckle the seatbelt, and and he wouldn't buckle the seatbelt. And the flight attendant came to him. And said, sir, we can't take off until you buckle your seatbelt. And he said, because he referred to himself as Superman, he said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. To which the flight attendant replied, Superman don't need no plane. (laughs) But see now, that's 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 a microcosm of what we're all doing. We're all struggling to matter and no one in the world today can agree about matters. And when you put the two of those things together, you have our world today with its challenges and with its difficulties. And so uh, in, this, in this passage here in Matthew, there's, there's four truths I wanna lift out of it from Jesus about what actually matters. Now, you gotta understand, this is the same thing that's happening here. These are the disciples of Jesus. These are people who are struggling to matter. They couldn't agree on who mattered and so they took uh, matters into their own hands. And so I have to set the scene for you. Jesus, at this point in the story, is on the rise, you know? Um, he's popular, people like Jesus, wherever Jesus goes, massive crowds show up. Uh, because people want to hear what Jesus has to say. Jesus heals people, so the sick show up. The people who are possessed by demons, they show up uh, because they want a touch from Jesus. And the disciples are riding the Jesus train, and from their vantage point, it is just going to be all rainbows and ponies, because at that point, that's what it was. It's, all, it's like, this is amazing. This guy's fantastic. I'm going to ride his coattails. And so then uh, the mom of two of the, of the disciples, I mean, how millennial mom is that? right? For the mom to go basically to the principal and have a conversation about her sons. I mean, this shows you that human behavior almost never changes. And she goes and she says, hey, listen, Uh, I think we've got it on the screen for you. We'll look at it again. Uh, Came to Jesus and asked a favor. What does she want? (laughs) Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. And Jesus is like, listen, woman, you don't know what you're asking. This isn't going to be rainbows and ponies. I'm going to a cross. And then he says to the boys, because the disciples were probably in their, maybe their oldest, early 20s, but most likely teenagers, can you drink what I'm about to drink? And them, in the foolishness of youth, do you remember when you're at this place, maybe you're still at this place, you're like, of course I can. You have no idea what you're saying, but you're like, ah, of course I can do that. And what are they trying to do? Well, they're trying to matter, and now listen, um, maybe you need to feel better about yourself for a second because you recognize how selfish you can be. These were the disciples of Jesus doing this. Right? So make, if that makes, helps you feel a little bit better about yourself, it helps me feel a little bit better about myself. And because the rest of the disciples, uh, Matthew says, were indignant. And not indignant like, well, you know, they probably shouldn't ask that question. They're more like, they asked what I was thinking. How dare they do what I wanted to do? And the, here's, so here's the first uh, truth from Jesus about what matters. Being in power isn't what matters. Being in power isn't what matters. So Jesus has this as a teaching moment. He's like, okay, this is a moment. I can teach some things to my disciples here as we use this internal struggle we all have about trying to matter. I'm gonna gonna give you a teaching moment here. And he calls them together and he says, you know, and he says, you know how it is in the world? You got a boss? And that boss tells you what to do. Those political leaders, they're in charge. You have to do exactly what they say or the Roman soldier comes with a sword and cuts you in half. You know exactly how that works. And then he says, that's how the world works, guys. Boys, listen up. That's how it works. And then verse 24, not so with you. So here's what grasping for power shows. It shows that you don't think there is any other hope. And in our second, getting ready to go into the second decade of the new millennium world, that's all, honestly, we think we're left with. The atheistic philosopher Friedrich Friedrich Nietzsche, um, he said, because he was a really keen observer of the world and how the world worked, and he said, you know, once there is no God, there is no morality, and once there is no morality, then all that's left is what he called the will to power people who try to assert themselves and say, I'm in charge. And so, and so it was kind of a survival of the fittest kind of way of thinking. He said, listen, that's all, that's all that gets left is people striving and grasping for power because they think that's the only way to change things. And it's, it's a control move when you try to have power, but it's, Jesus says, listen, it's not, it's not how I operate. Paul in Philippians chapter 2, reflecting on the life of Jesus, he says, Jesus, though he was in Nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, and he took on the nature of a servant and humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That, like that's what, that's how Jesus approaches power. He made himself nothing. It's not his way. So being in power isn't what matters. Second thing is being right isn't what matters. See, now Christians want to be in power. We're in, getting ready to go into political season, and you're going to hear all kinds of Christians give all kinds of justifications for power but i need you to go back to the words of jesus in matthew chapter 20 verse 24 not so with you and think about that and then being right isn't what matters because he goes on in this teaching moment and says instead whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be your slave now in that day now we don't we don't have really servants and slaves uh, but in that day it was a common common kind of a thing And and you know who in that household of that day who did not have an opinion or whose opinion did not matter at all? The servant. If the the servant said something, even if they were actually right, the master of the house would be like, well, that's the servant. And they're not right because by default, they're the servant, which means that they're not right. The servant did what they were told. It's kind of like today, a little bit, if you start as an apprentice in a trade, when you're the apprentice, you are the low man on the totem pole, and what you say does not matter at all, and you are treated like less than the dirt on the bottom of someone's boot. It's kind of like that, and So, because Jesus is trying to say, listen, being right isn't what matters. Here's, here's the third truth. Doing what Jesus did is what matters. So he goes on. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus took the lowest place on purpose. There's a scene uh, right before Jesus is crucified when he's with his disciples in a room. And we we kind of overlook this scene because we think it doesn't really mean anything. But what Jesus did is he took a, a, a water basin and he got down and he started to wash everyone's feet. Now, we think that's a little weird, but that was just the common thing that the servant did. The servant would wash, because you had open-toed sandals. Now, let's just get the picture here. You had open-toed toed sandals, and you walked through the streets where horses... Do, do you picking up what I'm saying? <laughs> and then the slave would come, and without a word, would have to come and wash your feet. They were the nobody. They were the nothing. They were the, 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 the human excrement that would wash your feet. And so Jesus takes towel and wraps it around himself and gets that basin of water and washes his disciples feet and the disciples are like no 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 not me and jesus is setting an example there and saying this is how you're to do it because i came to serve Uh, within this last month a guy a teacher from kenya His name is Peter Tabichi. I think we have a picture of the the ceremony of him receiving a reward. This is uh, Hugh Jackman presenting an award. He won a prize for being the best teacher in the world. Won a million dollars. He serves, I've got a picture here of him, of the the classroom that he teaches in the Rift Valley of Kenya. I've been to the Rift Valley of Kenya. It's beautiful, uh, but it's incredibly, incredibly poor. He teaches, it's called the Carico Mixed Day. Uh, secondary school in Pwani village and and he's taught kids to do things like uh, uh, generate electricity from plants and and they, he and his students created a device that enables blind and deaf people to measure objects now this is I, I don't know how to paint the picture without you having been there in rural Kenya it's a dirt floor there's usually no running water or running toilets there's no electricity lines they have one computer that only works intermittently throughout the week with one dial-up internet account. Are you getting the picture? Like, and you got that many kids in his, in his classroom. And now you need to understand, Peter Tabichi is a Franciscan brother, which is a, a, a Catholic priest. And he went to this place where he is from and served. No one recognized who he is. He didn't go there thinking, you know what, I'm going to get a prize that says, I get a million dollars for being the world. He didn't do, that, didn't do it for that reason. He did it because he was simply doing what it is that Jesus did. That's, that's what matters. That's what matters. And then um, here's the fourth thing, and it's just kind of an extrapolation from it. Serving matters because people matter. See, Jesus didn't take power so he could have control. He didn't Say, I'm right, so you got to listen to me. He served people because people matter. And they need someone to love them in a tangible and practical way. I want to tell you how you have served, and I hope you continue to serve. Um, we got some pictures here. I'm not sure what order they're in, so Lisa, give me that picture. Um, this is, uh, uh, I, I don't have a, an exact number because I didn't get the exact numbers pulled, but um, every year you've, you've taken up a Christmas offering and you've given up one day's wages and then we've given it all away. And that's a, that's a low estimate. 300,000-some-odd dollars have been given away in the last several years by you. You, gave, you did that. You served people in need. So there are single moms who had tires replaced on their car that were bald. You had people who in the dead of winter had their, their heating bill paid. And, I mean, thousands of people because you served them in that way. Um, You have run, there's Dave Johnson who ran the marathons from Sunday. Um, You raised, I got the exact numbers from World Vision, Uh, you've raised $544,623 over the last several years. That means 10,892 kids in the developing world have clean water because of what you did. You took Jesus seriously and you said, what Jesus did matters and so we're going to serve people because people matter and you've done that. Um, let's see what's, what's, what's next give me that if you remember a few weeks ago we had Wellington Obote from um, the Church of the Nazarene in Malawi here and he showed you some pictures of things and there was a, a, a center where they trained pastors and lay leaders in churches and there was no roof and somebody one of you came up and said you know I want to pay for that roof we gave them some money as a congregation but you said I want to pay for that roof that's the roof <laughs> right there you did that you did yeah you, you applaud yeah. Then uh, you served the Kuchip Nazarene Hospital in Papua New Guinea. You gave money and they put solar panels. There's no power there. It's a very remote place. Um, you bought a motorbike for their remote clinics. So now thousands of patients, thousands of patients who would not have medical care have medical care because of you. You've served people because you understood that people matter. And then let's see what we got here next. Um, The back-to-school fair that you've put on every year. I I, I mean, I think the dollar amount would be about a $30,000 investment. So every year what it costs to kind of pull that off, add all that up the last several years, is about that. But the return on investment, the ROI on that, has been incalculable across the region. I mean, every every year it's 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 people that have genuine need. And you've served them because... People matter. What's the, I think we got one more picture maybe. Um, no, we don't. Okay, there we go. <laughs> you serve because you've understood that, that people matter. That's, that's the purpose of the church. See, the church is the world's servant. That's our purpose. When people drive by these buildings, what they need to go is, oh, those are the people who serve the world. Uh, not that long ago, I went to the portage um, city council, and they asked pastors to come and pray. So I went and I, I, I prayed, did the you know kind of perfunctory deal where you, you pray for the meeting. But before the meeting, I got up and um, I knew they weren't really going to listen because it was one of those like on the agenda. Is a pastor's going to pray? And they were all doing their work, sitting at the table. And I stopped and I, I said, Hey, I, I, can I just thank you for a second? I know that in public service, no one thanks you; you just get the criticism. I just want to tell you, thank you. Not By that point, all of them had looked up and were looking at me like, no one ever says this to us. (laughs) But you know what they said next about you? Can you tell your church thank you? Because we all see what you do in this community, and we want you to know we're so grateful. Please tell them thank you. That's you. Do you understand? That's you. That's the purpose of the church. Um, a, f- a couple years ago we started this campaign for the region. You got a sticker or a magnet on your seat. If you're near a magnet, you want a magnet, you have to arm wrestle somebody for it. Uh, but that's after the service. Can you take this out? Hold on this for a second. I want to I tell you the story of this because this is um, really something. Uh, we handed these out maybe a couple of Easter's ago, and uh, we had you take these stickers and put them on the back of your car, and we did it on Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, and we said, hey, when you go through the drive through uh, pay for the person behind you with your sticker on so they see the sticker, and just say, hey, uh, I just wanted them to know that I'm for the region. I hope they have a great day, and a bunch of you did that, and then we passed them out on Easter Sunday, and, and people took them, and uh, 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 maybe a week or two later, something like that, somebody tagged me on a post on Instagram, and it was this post of this person somewhere here in the region, I still don't know who they are, who has a podcast about all things region. I think it's about music, and, and I'd never listened to it, but they tagged me on it. And and the post was this person with this podcast, and there was no words, but it was a little video of them taking this sticker peeling it off, and putting it on the table. You can see all these other stickers from around the region with the microphone there where they record the podcast. And it said, the, the caption said, this podcast is dot, dot, dot for the region. So I'm like, huh. And I, I looked at the comment stream, and the comment stream said things like, oh, wow, that's a really cool sticker. Yeah, it is. I really like it. What does it mean? I don't know. And then, then they, someone said... Well, where did you get it? Listen, they said out of the
1: trash.
0: So I jumped on, <laughs> and I said, I, "I didn't go." You know, we're this church, and we're quarterbacking this thing for the region, and we're awesome. I did wasn't that? I said, uh, "This is just a campaign to do what you." Did right there, we wanted to send the message that people who are from the region and feel like they're trash and feel like they're in the trash, that somebody would care enough to pick them up out of the trash and make a difference in their life. Yeah. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that so you go, ooh, I feel really good about that. I'm saying that because the last thing on your notes, you know what it says right there? It says, I am committing again today to be for the region, yes or no. And I want you in the next two minutes to circle one of those. I hope you choose yes. Because see, the church is the world's servant. And I don't want you to stop. The the mission of the church is not dependent on who stands on this platform on a regular basis. It's not. It's dependent on the people of God going, yeah, that's what Jesus came to do. And no matter what, we're gonna continue to do that. So you've gotta give your time and you've gotta give your money and you've 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 gotta stay at it. I married a couple on Friday night, I had several weddings the last few weeks, and I married a couple, and um, they've been coming for a couple years, and um, um, he's actually an accountant, and he, um, he said the other day, he said, you know, um, he actually now does the books, he does our accounting, so he is the, the outside accountant, and he said... Um, I love that I get to give to real life because I I know how the money gets used and what a difference is made with it. You need to do the same because God put you here to be for the region. Now I want to tell you, um, just give you a little bit of an insight into... um, how the church of the Nazarene is going to help and so one of my friends is here we call him this pastor's here in the area we call him Uncle Gene and uh because he's been a pastor for a really long time and so Gene's going to come up and uh I'm going to introduce you to him real quick here so Uncle Gene come on up thank you guys that's impressive you guys look great in the matching shirts that's awesome <laughs> and sitting right here. So uh, so Gene, I'm going to introduce you to him because he's going to serve as the interim pastor starting November the 10th, which means he'll be here. He'll preach. You've preached like a couple, like twice, I think. Is that right? Two times? Three times? No. How long have you been a pastor? Uh, Forty years. Forty <laughs> years. So more than twice. My math was off, right? Uh, the, last, the last 25 at Valpo. The last 25 at Valpar- Valparaiso Nazarene Church. And he just retired. How many years ago did you retire there? One year. Last September. A year ago. And you're from the region.
1: Yeah, I uh, from, I grew up in Glen Park. The school doesn't exist, but I'm a Lou Wallace high school grad. <laughs> Marie. We got some Hornets in the room here this morning. <laughs> uh, South Lake Nazarene Church used to be Glen Park Nazarene Church. I grew up in that church. I pastored in Ohio and Virginia, and when Valparaiso called 25 years ago, I was great to come home. So I, I the last 25 years I've been in But Yeah, I'm a local kid. He's, he's from the region, understands the, the people of the
0: region, done this for a really long time. Um, so what's, uh, you've, you've seen this kind of thing happen where a pastor moves, and, and so you've got all this. So again, we, Gene convenes all these groups of pastors together, and we get together maybe three times a year and talk for a few hours, and um, he's a fountain of wisdom. I have a great deal of respect for him. Um, what, what's, the, what's the piece of advice you would give to a congregation in a time like this? What would you say to them? What do they need to be aware of
1: well an interim is not hold the fort we're not we, we you don't want to say well I, we're going to coast uh pastor pastor marshall has moved on to wichita they have great wichita is an incredible church with an incredible future uh scott's, scott's the guy so until we got our guy we just kind of coast on through and then when our guy comes then then we go again uh, that's death the momentum's funny. When you have momentum, it seems natural. But if you lose momentum, trying to get it again is very difficult. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's incredibly important that we have the attitude of going forward in an interim, growing in an interim, growing spiritually in an interim, growing numerically in an interim, mm-hmm. that we have great days in an interim because typically an interim is not just a couple of weeks. It, it's, it's a long-haul deal. Because it's a long process to, to find the right pastor, call the right pastor. He's got to give his church a month notice. So it's a long process. So we say, all right, we know it's a long process. Let's go through the process. But more than that, let's get stronger in the process.
0: Mm-hmm. So can you tell them, because you know how that works uh, when a pastor gets called in the Church of the Nazarene. Just from your perspective, how does that process work? I've said it, but it would be great to hear it from you, too. <laughs>
1: Okay, uh, you're, 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 the district superintendent is Dr. David Bartley. He is the quarterback for these kind of kind of uh, transitions. He'll be meeting with your church board. They typically every DS does it different. And I'm not even positive how Dave does it. But they typically talk about what's the needs, what, what's the type of pastor, what's the personality you want, what kind of kind of married personality in churches. Uh, exactly who who are we talking about and dave has kind of a running list of guys that he knows and contacts and he'll he'll contact them and say uh real life have brought your name up would you, do you have any interest at all uh in the 25 years that i've been developing i've had a lot of district superintendents call and say if i had interest a pastor has the right to say no sometimes they'll say i'll pray about it mm-hmm. and and because you, you don't want a guy that just wants to come you want a guy that has a call to come mm-hmm. and so uh they have the opportunity to say no. If someone says yes, then they, then, then, then they may come and meet the board. That board meeting may go very well. It may not go very well. And so the first guy you interview doesn't mean you have a pastor. It means that we're, we're, we're dating. And you have a chance to find out more about you, and he has a chance to find out more, more about us. And uh, once you have a, a person, that would the, 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 church, the church board will come to you and say, we have John Doe. We have, we have vetted him. He fits with us. We fit with him. We think he's our future. Uh, you'll have the opportunity to vote. Sometimes they'll have him come and preach. Sometimes they'll have him come and meet and greet so you kind of know what you're voting for. You'll have the opportunity to then, to then vote. Just, and Basically, you're voting, do we believe in our church board? These votes ought to be very strong. And so he then would have to resign his church and give them a month's notice, typically. So even though you have somebody and they've committed... The process still takes some takes some time,
0: and so and it's not going to be you, right? Because you're just the interim; you're not the oh, guy. Oh no, no, yeah, no, no! <laughs> I am
1: I am living the life, my friends. <laughs> uh, just just I guess two seconds. Uh, after 25 years, I told Valpo I was going to retire, and I resigned. And the church board did not accept my re- resignation they accepted it on a condition that I would continue to serve at Valpo in an emeritus status. And I thought, what does emeritus mean? I, I think it's Greek for do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, I'm still on the board, I, I'm still in the staff meetings, I still cord- coordinate some things. But they said, right, and we also wanna give you the privilege because I've, I've had opportunities to speak other places and turn them down because I have so much vacation time. The church board said, we give you, we give you the opportunity to go. And the Lord has been, has been incredible. I, uh, I've just come back from pa- Pastors and Wives retreats. I've, I've been in different districts teaching leadership. I've just come back from a full day training in Indianapolis district. I just came back from Eastern Michigan district. The reason I'm not going to be here till November is I'm leaving uh, Thursday, flying to New York uh, to the upstate New York district. Uh, next year, I'm in, in a couple of Ohio districts. I'm in Alaska district. Uh, I'm having the chance to go out and teach leadership and and teach about different things within the church to pastors, training pastors. It it has been so much fun for me. Uh, Oddly enough, when Frankfurt Nazarene Church was going through a transition, the last month the DS asked if I would go and fill in the last month and prepare them for the pastor. Josh was their music person at Frankfurt. So Josh and I have worked together for a month and so uh, we know how to work together really well. And so I've done some interims. The last year, I thought I would have a pretty blank ca- calendar. Oh my word! Uh, and now I'm in Portage, real life. And so, during the week, a lot of times I'm gone somewhere, somewhere flying, somewhere teaching. But I'll be here on Sundays. And I, I, I think we're going to have an incredible interim, just to tell you, to tell you the truth. I think we're going to be prepared, prepared, prepared for the next season in the life yeah. of our church. Yeah. Good. Awesome. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna
0: hand this off to you because you're gonna help this church continue moving forward. So I'm handing that off to you uh, symbolically. And he's amazing. You're gonna love him during the interim. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm you're, you're trustworthy and
1: uh, I trust you with that, so. Well, I've, I've learned, I wanna find this on a sticker and pull behind you on drive-thru. Right, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I got a free meal. All <laughs> right. If, if, if a car pulls in, I'm cutting them off. That's right. In, in Jesus' name. That's right. Because <laughs> Tammy and I are eating for free on Real Life, my friends.
0: That's right. That's right. All right, let's thank him, okay? Yeah. Hey, I'm going to just want to make sure you know whoever who all is on staff. And so they're going to come up here, and I'm going to make sure that you know whose who staff is and who you can talk to. The board was up here a few weeks ago and introduced them, but I just wanna make sure you know who is who and who does what and all of that and a bag of chips. Is Courtney coming? Oh, there you are, okay, right there. Okay, start over here, oh, there, here comes Deb. Okay, so um, this is Deb Snowder. Deb uh, is our facility manager and the reason this place is gorgeous is because of her, she's amazing. Uh, Josh Keen is our arts pastor and is doing a phenomenal job. It's amazing. Mindy Eggleston is uh, our office administrator. She's fantastic. She's So when you call somebody, uh, you're going to get the pleasant voice of Mindy on the line, and she'll make sure you're taken care of. Chandra Ostrander is our uh, director of operations. She's going to kind of... Uh Gene will make sure that what happens here is all, is all happening. And during the week, Chandra is the go-to. She'll kind of be the quarterback on all the things that need to happen. This is Lexia uh, Darnell. She's uh, our student ministry admin and uh, is in the interim. She's taking care of all things students. This is Kyle Trezak. Kyle's our tech director. Uh, Kyle, Kyle works a full-time job and then gives about 10 or so hours and makes all things tech work. He's amazing. Um, and then this is Courtney Brown. Courtney uh, is, yep, is our uh, interim kids pastor. She's just kind of working a few hours a week, making sure th- things happen. And then this is uh, Christine, and Christine uh, works with our pre-K kids part-time as well. So so these guys are, these guys are fantastic. They're awesome. You, will, you already love them. Love them some more. Bake them things. Uh, give them gift cards because they're awesome. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to invite you to stand with me if you would. Or I'm going to pray for the staff, all that's getting ready to happen. Uh, Let's do that together, okay? God, thank you for the privilege of being part of the church, for giving us a mission to serve the world in your name. To do what you did for the world, to serve it, to make it better, to love it. Thank you for um, a staff who loves you, who is serving you with their whole heart. And I pray your blessing on them and real life and Gene as the the next chapter happens and wonderful things happen as this church continues to be for the region in your name. We love you. We're grateful to be your kids. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. You're sent now to love God, love people, and serve the world. Hug somebody. Tell me you love them. See you next week.